Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen. Along with me is my producer extraordinaire, John Coleman. JC in the house. What's going on, Coleman? How you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. How about you, Dio? I'm doing great. Uh, Governor DeSantis here in the uh, sunshine state of Florida has allowed us to start opening back up, and I am thoroughly enjoying the reintegration yeah. back into society. Absolutely. How about you? Uh, I still have. I'm still keeping my distance, but yeah, it seems like the beaches are open. I went to my first restaurant today. Did you? We sat outside. Where? What? Where, where'd you go? Um, just bento, the little um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Asian spot. Yep. How was it? The food was delicious as usual. How was the experience of the dining experience of sitting outside? Oh yeah, well we sat outside every other table, two people to a table. Um, we we even took two cars. Four of us went together, but we took two different cars. Nice. So that way we didn't put all four of us crammed into one vehicle. Nice. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking today. Okay. Today's episode. Yeah typically is geared towards our loan officers, our sales professionals. Mm -hmm. And a topic and a conversation that comes up month after month and week after week and year after year is team building. Mm -hmm. So team building is typically a sales professional who wants to take it, it being their production, to the next level. But for one reason or another, they don't think they can do it alone. And they need to hire someone, but they don't know where to start, when to do it, how to do it. So I want to spend the next 20 minutes or so, because we all know my 20 minutes could easily turn into 30 minutes. But, um, and if you ask my wife, you know, Hey honey, I'll be home in 15 minutes. Yeah. Or 35 minutes. Um, no. So, so I want to jump into kind of, Team building for the win. If we were sticking to the FTW um, mantra, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's team building, right? And and the first question would be, um, well, first, why? Like, why do you think someone wants to hire a a teammate, a team member, an assistant? Usually, because a they want to make more money and they can't do it on their own because there's not enough hours in the day. Uh, B they want to grow and make more money, but there's not enough hours in the day. Um, and C, uh, C, A, and B. Yes. Uh, and there's also D, quality of life. True. Right? And, and I think that's always a question that someone needs to be honest with themselves about is, am I adding this team member so that, A, I have better quality of life, or B, I make more money, and, and I hope for C, all of the above. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, yes, I want better quality of life. Because maybe they're producing at X level, and in order to maintain X level, it's requiring them to put in 10, 12 hour days. Maybe they're doing some weekends. Maybe they have an inability to go on a, on a week's vacation mm -hmm. without a, a, having work interrupt, or I almost said allowing work to, to interrupt that vacation. Um, and something has to give. Either they give up some of their production in order to have better work-life work quality, or they hire someone to maintain the, the production. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to be able to obtain work-life balance. And, and I would tell someone, if you're going to do it, you do it for both, right? You want to both increase your quality of life and also increase your production because ultimately the person that you're hiring, they need to pay for themselves at a minimum, but preferably pay for themselves times two, right? So if 
what you pay them in total benefits, which when you think of total benefits, it's not just salary and commissions and bonuses. It's salaries, commissions, bonuses. It's payroll taxes. It's if you, you pay a, an IT person, an IT license or a phone license, or um, the copy your company has a license. If you have a 401k and medical benefits, the person you're hiring is going to um, cost more than just their salary. So, yeah. So, so, but when you're bringing them on, it should be f- so that you can, A, they pay for themselves, B, you have better quality of life, and C, they should actually pay for themselves times two. Okay. Um, and before you even start going down the path of looking for the person or putting out job postings or hitting up your Facebook community, hey, looking to hire an assistant, who do you know? Which, by the way, that is a fantastic avenue for finding a lot of quality talent is asking your circle of influence via your, your social media accounts. But I think the, 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 the hardest and usually the most skipped step is the introspective, honest look of, am I ready? And do you have an idea what I mean when I say, like, am I ready? Like, am I ready for this? Like, are you ready for the responsibility of, like, taking on someone else and, like, help shaping and nurturing their career? Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, it, you, you now are responsible for, for someone else having a job, for someone else being able to put money or be, be able to put food on the table. Um, but also, are you ready? Meaning, look at your production. Okay, and it doesn't matter what what field you're in. You could be a realtor, right? You could be uh, self-employed with your own lawn care business and you're thinking about adding a second truck. You could be a plumber looking at adding a second crew, a painter, a second crew, a loan officer adding a loan uh, loan production partner, right? The list goes on and on and on. You first have to look and ask yourself, how do I compare to my peers, or how do I compare to my company's standard? And I'm going to use loan origination because it's what I know the best. And I'll share with you the average loan officer at Waterstone Mortgage should be able to close five transactions a month without the need of an assistant. So if if you're in your field of, of expertise, your profession, and you are doing the standard production and you say you need an assistant to go to the next level, I might call BS. In fact, I'm not, not, I might, I'm going to, I'm going to call BS. I'm going to tell you, you need to get better at your job. You don't need an assistant. Like if you feel like you are, Oh my God, Dustin, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm drinking from a fire hose. There's no way I'm going to be able to survive next month or next week. I don't know what to do. Get better. Like you just have to get better at your job. So for us, it's five loans a month. If someone's not doing over five loans a month and they're not ready to hire an assistant. If I was in uh, lawn care, it might be spraying X amount of homes, right? Look, look at what my competitors are doing. Truly Nolan or um, Heron, or I don't even know the companies that are out there anymore. I think Heron actually sold a couple years ago, but nonetheless, like look at what the matrix are for your industry and that'll let you know if you are outperforming that by 25 to 50%, okay, now we can talk about hiring an assistant or hiring a second teammate or adding a second truck. But if you're not there yet, then you're just not good enough yet, right? Because the biggest mistake someone can make in hiring is when they throw bodies at a problem, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I suck at doing this. So instead of getting good at it, I'm going to hire someone and make them do it. Correct. 
Yeah, yeah. I promise you it doesn't work that way. You may suck at it. You may hate doing it, but you need to unsuck at it and you need to do it so that when you do hire that person, you can A, measure their success, hold them accountable, teach them, coach them, mentor them based on you having a solid understanding of what they are doing. If you never did it well yourself, how can you hold someone else accountable to do what you couldn't do yourself, right? So once you've overcome the introspective, big lump in your throat ask, which is, am I really ready? Or do I maybe just need to get better at my job? To use my Waterstone analogy, you're not doing five loans a month. You're doing seven loans a month and you want to get to 10. Okay. That to me as a hiring manager, ding, 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 red flag. You are ready or maybe a green flag, green means go. You are ready to start considering hiring your first teammate because the average or the expected production is five closings a month. You're doing seven, so you're already doing about 40% more than what the average is. You're wanting to get to 10, but you're also wanting to do so without absolutely killing yourself and you do not want to continue to drink from fire hose. So we're gonna hire someone. But before we do, we need to figure out what's this person going to do. All right, so this is where I need people to visualize a little bit. Um, I wish we had a whiteboard. Maybe one day we'll do one of these podcasts for those that watch us on YouTube, okay. and we can actually have a whiteboard. But imagine this. Okay. Imagine getting out a piece of paper. Okay. And on that piece of paper, you're going to uh, create four squares, okay. right? Basically, a big T. Okay. okay. In the upper left-hand side of the box, there's four boxes, right? Two and two, two sit on top of two. You're going to write things I am good at, things I like doing. Okay. And then you're going to list what your day-to-day tasks are. Because right now you're a one-person show, right? Whether you're running one crew, whether you're a single financial advisor, you're a single uh, realtor or an individual loan officer. So you are it all, right? You're, you are, uh, you're the one man band. So you're going to write in that box, things you like doing and things that you're good at, right? That anything fits there. And then on the box below it, it's things I like doing, but not good at. Okay. You're kind of following me here. Now on the upper right box, it's going to be things I'm good at. No, I'm sorry. The left box is things I'm good at, uh, things I like doing. The left bottom are things I'm not good at, but things I like doing. So now you're going to go to to the the upper right box. Things I am good at, but things I don't like doing. Okay. And then, and yeah, (laughs) uh, brushing my teeth. Actually, I'm actually pretty compulsive about that. I think I brush my teeth like four times a day. Um, and then the the very bottom box, things I don't like and things I'm not good at. Okay. So ultimately what you're going to do when you hire this person is if it's on the left side of the page, you should probably stick to doing it because you like doing all of those things. Even the things that you don't like to do, right? Even things that you're not good at, you still like to do them. So there's still a good chance that you could focus on mastery on some of those skills. But what you want to hire for is all the items in the bottom right box, 
That bottom right box was things that I don't like and I'm not good at. Yeah. Okay, so so all, all of a sudden you're getting a general idea of what this person's going to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if the person can do that you hire all the tasks in the bottom right box, the I don't like and I'm not good at, then where do you think they would focus on next if they mastered all of those tasks and they still had hours left in their day or their week? The bottom left one. No, I'd say the top the right top one. Right. The, the top right box is the... I'm good at it, but I don't like it, right? Because if you're good at it, you can teach it very well. But you don't like doing it, so you shouldn't do it. Um, and, and, and ultimately, as you grow a team, and we're not going to go down this rabbit hole, but just know that ultimately, if you are in a very euphoric um, office environment or a team environment, you literally would be doing so much production or so much business that you only focused on the box that states you're good at and you like. But when you're getting started, you're not going to be able just to hire yeah. that superwoman. Wonder Woman's going to come in and, and all you're left doing is the upper left yeah. box. No, no, no. Yeah. Life doesn't work that way. Yeah. Your big win is going to be that you're going to hire someone who's going to do the lower right box, which is you're not good at it and you don't like it. Yeah. You still have to get good at the things that you like, but you're not good at. You still have to do the things you're good at, but you don't like while also continuing to do. Okay. So, so you've done that. So this, this, these tasks will now allow you to roll into the type of personality, right? So, um, and, 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 and type of personality is good. Is it someone who's analytical? Is it somebody who has a very strong back? Is it somebody who gives great customer service? Is it uh, somebody who's very technical when it comes to uh, computers and IT? Like it'll, you'll, you'll have an idea of who you want and you should also sit down and envision like, what does this person look like? And I'm not saying, Oh, six, two, one eighty. Like, yeah. no, like what do they look like? Like, where are they in life? Are they, are they looking for a second career? Are they looking for, are they in the last stages of the career? And they're just looking for, for something to pacify getting through the next seven years before social security kicks in? Or are they someone who's newer, hungrier, and is looking for an opportunity for growth, right? I think that, that goes into what does the person look like? Where are they in their career? Where are they in life? Um, you know, there's, there's certain aspects of businesses where you want someone who's newer in life. Right, you want that zeal and that gusto and that 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 they're a little bit naive. Yeah. And there's other aspects where you're like, no, you kind of want them hard and weathered and worn down a little bit. And and you know, when when they speak, they speak from experience. Yeah. Okay, so and that's going to be different for all of us. Like literally, in one branch of Waterstone Mortgage, if we were hiring four production assistants, we would have four different visions because the vision's going to be drafted by that top producing loan officer. All right. Now, trying to determine what type of personality you're looking for, I'm a big fan of utilizing the personality tests that are that are afforded to us. Um, and, and, and I'm going to name three. I think there's like 13 or 14 popular ones. But the DISC personality profile test is a great one, D-I-S-C. Are those the multiple choice ones that like say, like, what would you do, like strongly agree, slightly agree, moderate? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It takes you 15, 20 minutes um, to do. I think Tony Robbins website used to host them for free. Uh, another one is the uh, Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. personality test uh, and the Wonderlick. So we just had the NFL draft a couple weeks ago. The NFL puts every one of their players, uh, makes them take a Wonderlick test. 
Um, pretty sure historically, University of Florida's own, coming out of retirement, Percy Harvin, I do believe rumored, rumored to have scored the lowest uh, Wonderlick. Um, I could be wrong there because I don't know if Wonderlick um, has actually a, a score based on aptitude. Um, but I remember my Florida State Seminole fans were making a big joke out of it. This is going on 10, 15 years ago. I wouldn't know that for a fact. It's just anytime I hear Wonderlick, I remember that story coming out. Whether it was fake news or real news, that's what I remember. Yeah. Um, but, no, don't, don't be afraid to personality test and, and hire based on do they fit what you're looking for. Does this personality – is it a personality that does well with the task that fit in the lower right-hand side of that page of the items that you don't like to do and you're not good at? What do you value more, some like personality or just ability on the job? Let's say someone is crushing it, they're really good at the job, but they're just so socially awkward and just terrible, terrible to be around versus someone who's just okay at their job but just is a joy to work with. So I learned this the hard way. Um, through a decade plus of, of hiring. And I've made some phenomenal hires in my life, some, some, some great ones. And I've made some really piss poor ones as well. Um, a, a trap that I personally fall into is, is I'm a glass half full optimist and I like everybody and I want to impose my optimism and drive on, on everyone that I talk to. So I will find a way within an interview to like convince myself that this is going to work when really if I followed my gut or if I just took a deep breath, took a step back, exhaled and looked at the total situation, it would have led me to a different um, uh, outcome. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten better at that. I really have. Um, and, And one of those just when you're hiring is I started introducing more people in the interview process. I quit being the sole person who interviewed and we even have someone who interviews going into it, knowing the answer is no. Like he knows his role is to find every reason not to hire this person. Um, that's, that's part of what we've learned through the hiring process. Another person can come in totally um, slates clean, zero, you know, they're, they're, they're bipartisan, right? They're, they have uh, no, no prejudice going in. And then if you really want to uh, trick it out, you have a third interview and that person is the yes man. So they are interviewing solely to find every reason yes. Someone else is finding every reason no. The other person is going in, in there objectively, and, and they're going to make a decision based on how the interview went. Oh, nice. But back on your question, um, so I learned this the hard way, but I read it recently in uh, Maxwell's, John Maxwell's book, Five Levels of Leadership. And, it, and I, when I read it, I had like ding, 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 ding. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so true. Why should I should have read this book 10 years ago. Could have saved myself a lot of trouble and headache and money. Um, cause bad hires cost money, right? I mean, you, you spent money to hire the person and then you had to spend money to terminate the person. You spent money to train them and onboard them. Um, if you don't like them and they don't like you stop, stop. Like if you don't like the person, you shouldn't hire them, especially if they're working with you hand, hand, they're your right hand, your left hand. Like this is a, a, a partnership type it's just not going to work out, right? So I think that is a very um, simple and true statement that you should hire people you like, but but make sure it's still the right personality, right? I probably shouldn't hire someone who has my same exact personality. We won't compliment each other, right? I shouldn't hire someone whose strengths and what they like doing are also my strengths and what I like doing. So the person still has to fit 
the bottom right box, they still have to match the type of personality you're looking for, right? Because are you looking for someone who has high drive, who's uh, the center of attention? Or are you looking for someone who's more compliant and someone who, who is um, more subtle and more dependable, more secure? Like there's certain personality traits that you look for for each role. That's where the DISC personality profile or the Myers-Briggs or the Wonderlick come into play. Mm -hmm. um, but again, they, you still have to like them. They have to like you. Yeah, makes sense. Um, you know, something else that when you are going down this road, you now are a leader. You now are a manager, right? You now are responsible for someone other than yourself. Yeah. And I'm guessing there's a good chance you don't have much experience being a leader or being a manager. So guess what? Time to get your feet wet. It is time to become a student, right? It's start taking some courses on leadership, some read some books on management. Um, you got to where you are in life. You're hiring a teammate because you are growing revenue, because you are making clients happy. So you are achieving success. Why would you not apply that same drive to being a good mentor and a good boss and a good teacher and a, and a good leader? No, you should. But I think that's a mistake a lot of people, especially early on in their careers when this is their first hire, they fail to realize that they're now putting on a second hat. Do you remember the first person you hired? In any job, do you remember the first person that you were directly responsible for? Yes. Um, I hired... Three people that all worked with me, and um, I was a bit of a mentor to them, and uh, I went to a new place of employment, and they joined me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. None. I mean, at all. At all. And it's like anything. It. I still don't know what I'm doing. Like, I still second-guess myself. I still beat myself up because I could have done this better or said that differently. Um you know, I care a lot, and I hope that comes across, that I care a lot. And I think that that is a key to being any good leader is you have to start by truly caring. Um, but you won't be good until you do it consecutively for many years, two years, three years, five years, seven years. And are you asking for feedback? If you truly want to be a good leader to your teammate, and I know now I'm going down a rabbit hole, if you give them an annual review... Do you ask them to give you an annual review? I mean, in theory, yes, but that's that's yes. Annual reviews come in disguise of uh, anonymous feedback surveys. There's their annual review. Okay. I think that's how it usually works. So yeah, you get the annual review, and trust me, this is completely anonymous until you find out it's not. Uh, I know your IP address. <laughs> exactly. I'm joking. I'm not that smart. I would have no idea how to source your IP address. Um, and we do. We, we actually utilize SurveyMonkey to, to, to elicit feedback from our staff and our associates and our team. Um, and it's extremely helpful, right? So anyone listening, please, like, take the time, give it some thought, because uh, your team leaders thoroughly appreciate the feedback. It's sometimes, um, it's a dagger to the heart, but it's what we need to hear. And as a leader, I would encourage all to ask for their team that they lead to give them annual reviews. And really and truly, it shouldn't come on an annual basis. 
There's a book called The One Minute Manager. Um, cool book. Definitely recommend reading it. I think you should have a, a relationship with your team to where the lines of communication are always open. We don't work for one or another. We work with one another. Now, eventually, if need be, the hierarchy will come out, but it shouldn't need to. On a day-to-day -day basis, we should work together. We should be collaborators. We should know our roles and we should play our roles and be respectful of each other. So you shouldn't need to wait for annual reviews for me to tell you the type of job that you're doing, for me to set the expectations or reset the expectations, nor should you wait until your annual review to tell me that I'm not living up to my end of the bargain, that what I sold you in the interview is not what I've been delivering. Um, and speaking of selling in the interview, I think it's imperative when you're hiring someone onto your team that you paint the broadest, most beautiful picture that you can. I mean, think Picasso, think Rembrandt, right? Think classic art. You want to paint this huge, beautiful picture. So they, the person, they, the person that you're hiring understands fully where you are, where you're looking to go and how they can be a part of that. Right? You want them ultimately to buy into the success of the team and to feel like they have a say and that they're making an impact. Um, and also find out what their career motivations are. Right? There's nothing worse than hiring someone who is totally comfortable in the role that you hired them for. Nothing more, nothing less. And you as the team leader are imposing your will and your drive on them when they never asked you. You and I were talking about this um, off camera just 20 minutes ago where I was talking about some self-improvement I'm trying to, to look into. You know, the, the natural side of me is to be a coach and a mentor and a teacher. Um, and I'm sure it's because my whole life I looked up to coaches and mentors and teachers and, and was, was thirsty for knowledge. But because of that, I tend to give advice when people haven't sought it. Mm -hmm. I tend, and I'm, I swear to God it's coming from a good place. I swear to you it is. But... If someone didn't ask me for my advice, I sometimes need to shut the F up and wait for them to ask me. There you go. Right? Yeah. And same thing goes when, when, you're, when you're hiring your, your, your first or even your second or your third team member, make sure that you're asking them to, to dictate to you what they want out of their career and you're not dictating what you want for them out of their career. Um, but so paint, paint that picture. And if you can paint the broadest picture, and if you hired right, right, because you, you knew what you wanted coming into it. Did you want someone with drive and ambition? Did you want someone who's more settled in and, and they, they know their role and that's the role that they want to play? Well, if I want someone who wants to start from the bottom and get promoted every two years and three years and five years, then I need to make sure that in the interview process that that's the person that I hired. Right. Like like they they told me stories about what they were trying to achieve. But if I hired the person who literally says, um, hey, I'm a retired law enforcement agent from New York City. I'm living in Florida, but I'm way too young to just hang it up. So I'd like to come work for you. That's probably not a person that I'm going to be able to drive and motivate and hang the carrot of climbing the corporate ladder because that's not what they're looking to do. So if I need that type of person in the role I'm trying to fill, then that retired cop from New York City is not the best hire for me. Not saying that wouldn't be a good hire for someone else, just not for me. 
And I think that's part of knowing what it is that you're getting into um, and being able to figure out exactly what they're going to do. What do they look like in terms of where are they in life? Where are they in their profession? How much training do they need? Right? Do you need someone who's trained or do you not want to inherit someone else's bad habits? So you want someone younger in their career with little to no experience and you're going to train them. And if you're going to train them, are you realistic with your own time? Meaning, are you realistic? Will you have the time to train them properly? Because yeah. that's, that's an extra couple hours a, huge time suck. a day or a week. That's a huge time suck. Um, but these are the basics that the thought process that people need to go through when they're looking at adding a team member, when they're looking to scale their business, right? That's, that's what we're talking about, scaling. Um, and you can scale just about any business out there. And if you have the proper procedures in place, it makes scaling that much easier. And I share that with you because last thought and last comment, your first hire is your hardest hire, right? Your first hire is the one that, that you're going to cut your teeth on and you're going to make some mistakes on and you're going to spend a lot of time correcting those mistakes and doing it over properly. But if you do it right the first time, the second team member and third team member, way easier because A, you've done it already once, but B, it's not just you. Because guess who's going to onboard and train the second team member? The person you hired. Yeah, the first one. The first one. Again, talking about scaling a business. If I was going from one delivery truck to two or two to four, I can do so as long as I did a good enough job of onboarding and training that second delivery truck driver. And then when we go to hire the next three, the two of us can tag team the onboarding of those three. I can go from one truck to two and two to five. In fact, I can go to, from two to five way easier than I can go to from one to two. But that's it. Um, be a student, right? Don't be afraid to make mistakes. In fact, encourage mistakes. Fall forward, but get out there and do it. But only hire when you're ready. And you are ready when you are outperforming the standard, outperforming the norm. If you feel like you need an assistant or you need to hire a team member and you're not outperforming the norm or you're not outperforming the standard, hard, deep look in the mirror, you probably need to focus on becoming better at your job and you hire once you have exceeded the standard. Message. Message. Yeah, do you think I hammered that one home or not? <laughs> I think you did. Perfect. That's it. Um, guys, if you have any questions on this topic, if you think I'm a total derelict and everything I said is BS and you disagree. Ludite, I think, is what you are. Ludite. Oh, yeah, look at you. You're going back like six, seven episodes busting out Ludite. Um, look, the Loan Officer Podcast, we can be found on Facebook. Obviously, you're watching us on YouTube. Um, you can email me D Owen at waterstonemortgage.com. Call the office 407-645-6363. Uh, love to hear from you. If you're looking for Coleman, you can find him on the interweb or the internet or here twice a week or here twice a week. That's it. I'm D O. He's Coleman. We're out. Peace.